Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, integrative life coach and self-care advocate for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey who are ready to lead healthier and happier lives and improve their emotional well-being. I interview coaches, spiritual explorers, and thought leaders from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. I'm really excited about today's interview, but before we jump in, I really want to just pause for just a moment and thank you for being here. I do realize you could be anywhere, listening to any podcast, so I appreciate you being here. Today's guest is Karen Nelson. Karen Nelson is a divorce confidence coach helping women heal from their divorce while redefining their new life. Karen went through her own divorce six years ago after a 20-year marriage and has since reinvented herself. She is the host of the Becoming You Again podcast and is a mom to two kids and three cats. Welcome to the show, Karen. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I wasn't necessarily going to talk about the podcast, but I love when I have another podcaster coming on. What got you started in your podcasting journey? Yeah, so basically, it all comes down to my divorce story, which happened about six years ago. And I was in this state of, you know, self discovery and trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do with my life after divorce. And during that transition, I actually started a YouTube channel years ago and had to figure out how to edit and put up videos and do all those things. And it kind of over the last six years evolved. And I started my coaching business in the end of 2018. And um, I was still doing videos, I was still, you know, making videos to help women as they go through their divorce. And then about a year ago, it was actually earlier this year, I was like, where, where is my audience? I don't know that there's too many women who are going through a divorce who are in their forties and older who are watching YouTube. I think they're listening to podcasts. And so I just decided I'm starting a podcast and I really love the idea of being able to help women kind of reconnect with who they are. Maybe they never knew who they were or they lost track of that while they were married. And so I chose the name Becoming You Again because I really think that it is a way to just reconnect with who you are at your core. And that is the basis of the podcast is just help women reconnect with themselves and love themselves in a deeper way. Oh, I love that. And I love hearing how you got started with it. And for myself, I got started with a podcast because I've always commuted my whole adult life. And I would be listening to podcasts even before podcasts became the thing. And I was like, oh, I want to do that one day. And I finally got up the nerve to do it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I love to start off with the question, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Yeah. So as I was thinking about this question, I really think that exploring the seasons of life means that like our life, our human life, just in general for every human being is going to be ever changing. It is never going to just be the same, stay the same, right? Sometimes it's going to feel like summer 
and it's going to feel really fun and happy and things will be going great. And then it might feel like winter where there's transitions and there's challenging things and it might seem a little darker and a little harder. And I truly believe that as we go through these seasons, we go through seasons of growth. And to me, that is what exploring the seasons of life means. I believe that we are here as human beings to grow, to create growth for ourselves and learning and growing as we transition through the summers and the winters and the falls and all these different you know, times of our lives that creates um, growth. It creates connection with ourselves. It creates expansion for ourselves. And really when we can open up to accepting whatever life is bringing in the moment, that is where we will find our true, you know, expansion and connection to ourselves. So I love this idea of exploring the seasons of life. I think it's, it's so fascinating and truly just a human thing for us to think about and move through. Karen, I love everything that you were saying about, we go through so many changes in our human life, as you were saying, nothing stays the same, not even in nature, you know, and just following that, we can follow those seasons of, you know, summer, winter, as you were saying, fall, and just the cycles of everything that we go through. And I love that you use the word expansion because we, learning is one of my top values. So I always see myself, you know, in this expansion phase, so to speak. Yes. I love that too. I, it's same with me. Learning truly is one of my values as well. And I think when we can open ourselves up to that learning, that is where the growth comes. And sometimes the growth comes in challenging things. And other times we are creating that growth for ourselves. And like I said, those seasons look different because of the different stages that we are in in our lives. And we maybe don't, you know, really enjoy the challenging things that we're going through that season of our life, but it will create that growth. And then other times when it is more, you know, summer or spring, and it's not as challenging, we still can create that growth and that expansion for ourselves through like our own intentional choosing. And and when we're in those different seasons, there still is always going to be expansion and growth as we as we move through our life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when I introduced you, you know, I said you were a divorce confidence coach, and I love that divorce confidence coach, because, you know, everybody has their own interpretations of divorce and and confidence coach just puts a new spin on it. Yeah. How did you become and I guess it's going through your own divorce, but can you kind of talk us through that origin story? Yeah. Yeah, So I was married almost 20 years. And about six years ago, my husband and I were struggling in our relationship. And we were kind of in this stage of like, should we or shouldn't we? And it's not like we had a very, you know, we didn't have a very contentious marriage. It's just we had grown apart. We wanted different things. I didn't know myself very well. I had kind of, you know, as so many women do, we kind of put ourselves on the back burner and give all that we have to the people that we love and the people that are around us. And I found myself in this stage. And I just remember one day being on a walk because going on walks is how I really kind of am able to connect with myself. And I just, I hadn't really come up with a solution to this struggle that we were going through. And I just finally said, Karen, what is it that you really want? And I remember giving myself an honest answer that didn't have anything to do with what will my husband think? What will my kids think? What will my parents think? 
And I just said, I want a divorce. And so I, I just was flooded, first of all, with peace. And when I felt that peace, I knew that that was the right answer for me. You know, I don't know. I can never tell anyone if that's the right answer for them. But I know for me in that moment, that was the right answer. And I went to my husband at the time and I said, I, I really want a divorce. And so we just moved through that. And I'm, this is not to say at all that we didn't have the hurt and the pain and the, you know, sadness that goes along with the end of a 20 year marriage and watching our kids have to struggle through that and figuring out what our relationship meant moving forward. Of course, we have dealt with all of those things over the last six years and will continue to deal with. But for me personally, it was something that I needed in my life, I think, to be able to create, like we've been talking about this whole time, more connection with myself. It was a way for me to step into knowing and figuring out who I am in this life and what I truly want to create in my life. And so that's where I went. I, I you know, found life coaching and I had a life coach and I didn't really know what that was before my divorce. And as I I was introduced to that. I kind of thought, you know, I could, I could help other women who are also going through a divorce and help them through their healing and help them with their mental and emotional struggles that they face as they, you know, are going through this change in their life. And so that's where, that's where it all kind of happened is I went through my own divorce and my own struggles and my own evolution as a human and learning to love myself and learning to reconnect with who I am. And I really wanted to be able to help other women do that as well. And I really think there's power when we have gone through something ourselves and being able to help our community. Yeah, I think so too. So I'm curious, what do, what do you commonly hear from women when you first meet them? Yeah, so it's usually, I mean, it's so many things, first of all, but when we really boil it down it comes down to number one, they mostly don't know who they are. They are just so disconnected with themselves as human beings because they have been giving so much of their self themselves through their relationship. And then I also commonly hear they are so afraid that they can't do life on their own. They feel very incapable of figuring things out. They feel very incapable of being able to do a relationship on their own, parenting on their own, figuring life out on their own. And because of that, because they have seen their life as a couple for so long, they are very scared that they are going to be alone forever, which makes sense because so many of us do identify you know, our lives and our worth as being a couple. And so really having this idea that like, I'm going to have to go through the rest of my life all alone is terrifying. And so those I think are the main things, but of course, so many other things go into this fear that we have as we go through a divorce as a woman. Yeah, I, I, don't necessarily talk about this on the podcast, but I think this is this is relevant to what we're talking about. I got a divorce after 30 years, so I can completely identify with everything that you're saying about, you know, what women feel and what they're telling you when they first come to you. Because when you've been in a long-term marriage, or even if you've been in a short-term marriage, you can have that feeling of, how am I going to do life without a partner? Yes. Yeah. And it can be very scary. And so I just, 
my job as a go uh, as a coach is to really create that empowerment within women to understand that they can do it alone. They can create an even amazing life after divorce. But so many women just have this mindset of like, oh no, now I'm alone. I'm in my, you know, I was 40 when I got divorced. And so many of my clients are even older. They've, you know, like you said, you've been, you were married for 30 years. So many women go through a divorce at that age and just really have this idea of like, now my life is over. My life is ruined basically. And there's nothing what's left to look forward to kind of idea. And I like to teach them like, no, listen, there's so much more that you can create in your life. And it, your life does not end with your divorce. Absolutely. You know, I was doing some research on divorce stats, and it was really surprising to hear that the biggest divorce rate is for people over 65. Ah, isn't that so interesting? It's really interesting. Like getting, I mean, obviously, I was like I said, I was 40, but I can imagine someone who has been in a, you know, 30 plus year relationship and then having to transition to something that is so foreign to them that they haven't, you know, been used to for so many years, it makes total sense that it would be very scary and you would question this this whole idea of am I capable? Can I do it on my own? Is there is there great life left to be had? And, you know, I, I think that is one of the amazing things about human resiliency is really, you know, checking into and tapping into what we can create for ourselves in this human life. And there's so much to be had. And it is these challenges. It is these seasons of life where we can tap into, okay, now what? What can I create for myself that's even better than anything I've had before now? Yeah. And there is an amazing life after divorce. Absolutely. I'm here to say. <laughs> you have heard it from both of us today. It is so true. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, and this is kind of going along with that, you know, what we were just talking about. I was thinking about this. So one of the first things that a woman really needs to know, I'm going to say what I think it is and then chime in with what your thoughts are. But I think it's acceptance. Mm. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but I really, I think acceptance without being in our story is really one of the first steps to healing. Yes. What are your yes. thoughts on 100%. that? percent. You nailed it right on the head. Because the thing about acceptance is it doesn't mean you have to be happy about where you're at. It doesn't mean you have to enjoy everything that's going on in the challenge that you're facing, but it really is just opening yourself up to, okay, this is where I'm at right now. And how do I want to move forward from here? Who do I want to be in this situation that I've got that I'm surrounded with right now? And without that acceptance, you just stay stuck. You There's no moving forward. There's a lot of looking at the past and really wishing that you could change things. And of course, that's very human as well as to look at the past and, and wish that we could change things. But until somebody creates that time machine and really figures out how to make that a reality for us, 
acceptance is the way that we create that expansion and that growth. So I 100% agree that acceptance is the first step to creating something better or something more for yourself. And now I'm I'm only guessing here, but I would think that people go, oh, no, I can't accept this. Kind of like what you just touched on. It's not saying you're happy about it or anything like that, but it's with, it's an internal job of, of being in that state of acceptance. Yes. Yeah, it is. A, it is probably one of the most challenging things for people is to really say, because I think a lot of times, especially if some if a woman has is going through a divorce, and they have been the person that has been left, like their husband had an affair or decided they were done with the marriage or whatever, and they left. And I think a lot of women believe that if they accept where they're at right now, that means that they are accepting that they are not worthy, that they are not lovable. And that is another thing that I really work with women to teach them that their divorce does not determine their worth in any way. They are always 100% worthy and lovable no matter what, no matter, you know, it's, it's worth is a never changing thing. It is always constant, always steady for every human being. The moment you're born, this is my belief. This is what I think about worth. But I think the moment that you're born, your worth is like full at capacity, 100%. And no matter what you do, no matter what happens to you, no matter how you're treated or how you show up, it stays 100%. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles. That doesn't mean you're going to make mistakes, but your worth and your lovability stay constant. And I think often we take these things that happen outside of us, that happen to us, and we make those things mean, I must not be worthy. I must not be worthy to be loved. I must not be worthy to you know, live a life with. I must not be worthy to be married. And we take it as like a human affront to us, thinking we are not enough in some way. And it's just not true. No, it's 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 definitely not. Do you have some tips or strategies that you help women work through to to understand their worth? Yes. Or that I'm just I'm sorry, or I was going to say or to create that emotional resiliency because yeah. that's really important. Yes, the emotional resiliency in my opinion and what I've seen as I worked with myself going through this process but also with my clients is when we can tap into what is happening in our body, because really, you know, believing something starts in our mind, right? We have a thought about something and we either believe it's true or not true. And those beliefs create a feeling inside of our body. And so creating this mind-body connection for ourselves is where so much growth and expansion happens. But we get so afraid of our emotions. We are so afraid to open up to them. We are afraid to feel sad, to feel shame, to feel, you know, um, frustration or anger or any of those kind of quote unquote negative emotions that we disconnect ourselves by hiding from those emotions, by covering them up with eating food or drinking or watching television, or we just push them down so far because they're so scary to us that we don't want to feel them. So we push them down. We pretend like we're not feeling anything. You know, somebody asks you if, as you're going through your divorce, how are you doing? And you're like, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. You know, that, that whole, that 
word fine basically means I'm just pretending like everything's okay when really I'm feeling this emotional roller coaster of things, but I don't want to feel them because they're scary. And so what I teach my clients when it comes to creating emotional resiliency is number one, our emotions are there to feel. I use the word emotion and feeling interchangeably. To me, they they are the same thing. And it's what is actually happening inside of our body. And feelings are there to actually feel. And so number one, open yourself up to being present with your emotions. And so what that looks like is first name it. Even if you're not sure exactly what it is, just give it a name. I think it's Brene Brown who talks a lot about, you know, she's a shame researcher and she researches emotions just in general. And I think she is one who is very um, vocal about really just naming your emotion because that right there is going to dispel some of the heaviness and the scariness that you feel. So whatever's happening inside of you, okay, I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling upset. I'm feeling angry and you name it. And then the key is to really just open yourself up and allow it to be inside of you and figure out what does it feel like? Where do I feel that emotion? Where does anger show up for me? Oh, my chest is getting tight. My heart is beating faster. My cheeks are getting hot. My hands are clenching. And it's it's really connecting with your body in this way and getting out of your head and getting out of those spinning thoughts and beliefs that are cre- continually creating that fear or that anxiety or that, you know, whatever it is that you're feeling and stepping into, I'm going to open myself up to this. I'm going to name it. I'm going to figure out what it feels like in my body. And as you go through that process, the feeling starts to dissipate and it gets less heavy and it feels less scary and less terrible. And the more you practice this and the more you connect with yourself on this level, the easier it is to go through life, not being afraid of the emotions that might show up. Because as we know, as we go through any kind of as you know season of life, there's always going to be an emotional reaction that we have that goes right along with it. And when we're afraid of that and we disconnect from ourselves, we don't create the growth and the, the resiliency and the expansion that we're looking for. I had a mentor one time who talked about when we have those big emotions and we don't do exactly as you said, name it and feel it. But we take it, it's like a beach ball that we try to keep underwater. Yes. And we're doing everything we can to keep that beach ball down. And at some point, it's just going to pop up and hit us in the face. And all these big emotions, we're going to react much stronger yeah. than we would have if we had taken that taken that moment to just be with it and name it and feel it as, yes. you, as you were describing. Yes, it's like you're in this pool of beach balls and you're just going to swim in the pool of beach balls, right? You're just going to let them be there. Yes. You're just going to let the emotions be there, be with you, care, you know, go through your day. Like you can you can live your life, you can go throughout your day feeling upset or feeling angry about something and you don't have to react to it and you don't have to try and push it down and hold that beach ball down and you know pretend like it's not there. You can just swim in the pool with the anger and let it be inside of you and go, oh, there it is again. My, you know, my heart is beating faster. I'm feeling that tightness in my chest. There it is. And you just breathe through it and you just allow it to be there. And the, you know, it's this is a scary thing for people who 
have been pushing down their emotions for their whole life, which I think so many of us as humans do because nobody teaches us this, right? I didn't learn this till I was like 43. So nobody really teaches you how to process through your emotions and how to just allow them to be with you. I like to use the the visual of like, you're just putting on a backpack. I'm feeling sadness today. I'm just putting on my sadness backpack and it's coming with me and I'm gonna keep doing my thing and I'm gonna allow myself to feel it when it comes up and when it flares. And then, you know, maybe it will dissipate enough that I can just set that backpack down and I don't have to carry it around with me. But until that happens, I'm just going to allow it to be with me and just carry it around. If we have this, I'm going to use overwhelm because I just said it. But if we have this backpack and we're, we're feeling overwhelmed, one of the things I talk about all the time on the podcast is self care. Mm. So now, you may have just said it, but how do we take that backpack off? Mm. Is it naming it, what you just went through? Yeah, I think that is part of it for sure. But I also believe that when we go through these really challenging things and we are feeling a lot of negative emotion flare in our lives, for sure, processing through it is a huge part of that. And that is the process that I just walked you through. But I also believe that part of that self-care is being compassionate with yourself as you go through these hard times. Because the tendency for so many of us when we go through something really challenging is to just, you know, beat ourselves up like, oh, you're feeling this again. I thought you learned how to do this. You know, I thought you got rid of this. I thought you moved past this. Why haven't you figured this out yet? Why aren't you better? Why why didn't you do this differently? You should have learned. You know, we beat ourselves up and we're so mean to ourselves in these moments. And whether we recognize it or not, there is an inner voice inside of us that tends to be negative, that tends to look for all of the things that we're doing wrong. And so it's in these moments when we are really going through challenging times where that self-care comes in, in my opinion, through compassion. We just really need to look at ourselves and go, listen, I see that you are really struggling right now. I see you. I love you. I am here for you. I am here to support you. What is it that you need? What can I do for you? And part of that is like, let's process through some of this emotion. Let's open ourselves up to it. Or maybe if, you know, if we're talking about overwhelm, maybe it's what can we say no to today? Maybe we don't have to say yes to all of the things. Maybe it's okay if the kids eat cereal for dinner tonight. You know, really showing up with that compassion of like, where am I at and what can I offer myself that is going to be the most caring and the most kind for me in this moment? What does that look like? And and really figuring out how can I be kind to myself in this moment? Because the more we can be compassionate with ourselves, the more open we can be to being compassionate to those around us as, as well. But it has to start with us. You know, if we're feeling overwhelmed, how can I be compassionate in this moment that will help create care for me and lessen some of that overwhelm that I'm feeling? I absolutely agree with you. And also, as we're being compassionate with ourselves, it may also allow us to receive compassion for from other people. Yes, 100%. Like, so often we get into this space of, like, I can't ask for help. I don't want to ask for help. That will look like I'm weak. I don't want people to think that about me. I don't want people to look at me in that way. And, and often having that compassion for yourself is saying, this person wants to help me, I'm going to 
allow them. I'm going to allow them to help me. I'm going to allow myself to be helped in this moment because maybe that is what you need most in that moment. Yeah. I'm I'm going to jump back real quick to your podcast because you had an episode called Why the Holidays Hurt After Divorce. And I was listening to that this morning and I really, it was really enjoying it. And it had a lot of good information in there. And one of the things that you said that just like was really hit home for me, we often think that the holidays need to look a certain way. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think so many of us get this idea that the holidays mean, well, I think just from society in general and where we live in this Western culture, that, you know, the holidays are all about family. We see it everywhere, right? It's in the department stores and it's on television. It's in all the movies. Holidays are for family. And what do we see when we see that family? We see a family gathering around the table at Thanksgiving dinner or around the Christmas tree, you know, on Christmas morning, opening presents together. It's a mom, it's a dad, it's the kids, it's the grandparents, it's the, and it's all of it, Right. And often when we go through a divorce or we go through something challenging where it doesn't look like that anymore, the holidays look different. And we have this idea in our head of my family doesn't look traditional like that anymore. Now my family is broken. Divorce means my family is broken. Something is wrong here. And when we have this idea and this story that we hold on to and we carry it around with us like that, it makes the holidays very scary. It makes them hurt. It makes us not look forward to, you know, getting together with our kids or opening presents or having dinners because we think it has to look this one certain way. And the holidays can really look however you want. We just get to make it up. But it's learning to drop this story of like, it has to look this way. And if it doesn't, I can't be happy. I can't create joy. I can't create you know, lasting experiences or memories with my kids or with even myself because it doesn't look this certain way. And that is creating so much hurt and pain that is so unnecessary that I think it's really learning to just kind of loosen the grip a little on that story and deciding for yourself, this is what my family looks like now. This is what family means to me now. How do I want to create experiences that are memorable for me and my kids moving forward. And what does that look like? I had a guest on recently. Now we were talking about loss during the holidays. And in particular, we were talking about grief from um, losing someone you love Mm. that had died. But grief is also a divorce. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's all types of hidden grief that we're not really talking about divorce being one of those losing a job for example being laid off an empty nester and it is exactly like like you just said Karen it's creating new traditions for where you are in your life yeah for that season that you are yes absolutely I I think so often when we go through grief like you say in all its different forms so much of the pain that we create for ourselves comes from a comparison of the past, like what it used to look like. And I talk about this in that in the podcast episode as well, but you could, you can really put it toward any grief that you might be going through, you know, if it is a loss of a loved one, if it is 
you know, a loss of a job. We take that comparison of the past and and what it was like. And we find all of the evidence of this was so amazing. And I miss that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. Like, of course, you should miss the people, you know, that you've loved and who have passed on. Or, you know, if you really loved your job and and you should feel that hurt and that pain and allow it to be part of you so that you can move through it and move through that grief process. But it's when we take that comparison and we think, I don't have that now. And now my li- my life is less than it is, you know, not as abundant as it was, we create, and we kind of stay in that hurt and that pain. And so just, you know, looking at the past and going, these were things that I loved about this time, this, this holiday, this moment, this person, whatever it is. And this is what I'm creating for myself now, what can I love about this right now? It's not an or, you know, it's not like a, I loved that. And now I can't have a good life. It's like, I love that. And I can also create goodness here now in the present for me. That is absolutely awesome. Because you, you're right. It's not an and or it's and yeah, wherever we are in our in our seasons, because we all have those. We all have lives before and we have lives after yeah, a particular season. Absolutely. So what's the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months? <laughs> I love I love this question so much. And this is not going to have anything to do with anything that we've been talking about other than it's just like honoring me as a person, but my daughter and I are huge Taylor Swift fans, huge Taylor Swift fans. When I was going through my divorce, there was one album of hers in particular that really helped me just on a personal level. Every song, it felt like she was in my brain telling, you know, saying the words that I was thinking and feeling and all the things. And she is coming in concert this year and she hasn't been on tour for years. And my daughter is also a huge fan and we got tickets. And I'm just telling you, I was crying when we were able to get tickets to this concert. We are so excited. That is the biggest surprise. And I am so looking forward to it. Uh, That is awesome. Now, I will tell you, I have a friend who is also a huge Taylor Swift fan and she was trying to get tickets to her concert here in Florida. And she was like, she would say, Cindy, I'm 6,000 in line. I'm this in line. I'm this in line. <laughs> I love it. Was she able to get tickets? She was not. Oh, she so did, was sorry. not able to get them. It was, yes, it was a fiasco. But yeah, I, I am so sorry for your friend. But also, I am so happy for my daughter and I. <laughs> exactly. I'm happy for you as well. Thank you. <laughs> now, as we're to, as we have been talking, and if you had to just like boil down our conversation, what is the one big key takeaway that you want our listeners to take from this from this episode, this conversation? I just want all of your listeners to remember that their worth isn't conditional on anything that happens in their life. It isn't conditional conditional on whether they have a successful podcast or they are succeeding as a parent or they have the most amazing job that they always wanted or whether they have money in the bank or you know are with family on Christmas. It is 
their worth has literally nothing to do with any of that. None of those things outside of you determine your worth and your lovability. And that is just an always constant thing that is never changing. And when you can really open yourself up to accepting that, your life will be so much more full, so much more rich, because you'll stop worrying about, am I good enough? You know, am I showing up in this life as not to say that you're not going to continue to want to expand and grow, but you stop worrying about what everyone else is thinking about you. You stop worrying about whether you're doing it right or wrong. You just step into that acceptance and that love for yourself and deciding, okay, where do I want to go from here? Who do I want to be from here moving forward? So just knowing your worth, I think is such a huge part of, you know, living life as a human being. And, and thank you for saying that because it is, we are worthy of all the goodness, of all the happiness, of everything that we want in our lives, yeah. just because, as you have said so eloquently, of who we are. Yes, I absolutely agree. That's a great way of saying it. And if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you thank her for? Oh, man. I love this question also because I was thinking about it and I, when I think about my past self and my 18 year old self, especially because I got married when I was 19. And so my 18 year old self made some really adult decisions that probably not a lot of 18 year olds make. And I could beat her up and I could tell her that she did it all wrong. And I just want to give her a giant hug and just say, I love you. Thank you for choosing what you did because it's got me to where I am today. I would not have my kids if I hadn't made that choice. I wouldn't have gone through so many amazing and challenging experiences with my husband, my ex that I was married to for 20 years. But truly, without any of that, I would not be right here today on this podcast with you, you know, in the life that I'm living right now knowing the things that I know. And I would just love her and give her a great big hug and say, thank you. Make the choices that you're going to make because it truly has gotten me to where I am today. And I, and I love that. And I used to ask that question a different way. I used to say, what would you say to your 18-year-old self? And I had an episode that was all on gratitude. And I realized exactly like you just said, we have a lot to thank our 18-year-old selves for. Yeah. yeah. And I just don't, like, I have a lot of um, clients who will come to me and they're so upset with their past self. They're so, you know, angry that they they didn't know better or they didn't choose differently in the moment. And I just, I just want to show them like, no, you had good reasons for all of the decisions that you've made in your life, whatever it was that you were going through in that moment, you had a good reason for it. Maybe it doesn't make sense now. And that's okay. You know more now you've learned more, you're in a different place. We can just love our past selves for what they were trying to do, either where they were trying to protect themselves, or they were in love, or they were, you know, just trying to live their best life in the best way they knew how. And really just showing up with love and gratitude for that past self 
is going to open you up to, you know, that learning and that expansion as you move through your life. The more we can just love ourselves where we're at and accept ourselves where we're at, the more goodness we can create moving forward. Mm, That is so well said. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you, your social media, how they can work with you? Absolutely. So you can find me at my website, which is www.karennelsoncoaching.com. And I spell my name with an I. And so it's K-A-R-I-N Nelson Coaching. Um, I offer a free 30-minute consult to anybody who is struggling and really wants to know if working with me would be the next best step for them. So we can just jump on a Zoom and figure out if that works. And you can schedule that right on my website. You can always listen to my podcast, which we talked about a couple of times on here. It's called Becoming You Again, and it's on all of the podcast platforms. So just, you know, search it and you'll find it. It's there. And if you want to follow me on any of the social media, whether it's Facebook or um, Instagram, it's just at Karen Nelson Coaching. Thank you so much for being a guest. You have been a wealth of wisdom around divorce and knowing our worth. And I really appreciate you being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy to be here this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, friends. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I have partnered with doTERRA Essential Oils. And just one of the many reasons I'm so excited is because it's in total alignment with the podcast and the topics that I am passionate about. Topics that encompass the human experience, self-care, stress management, resiliency, grief, and our emotional health. And I love, love their uncompromising commitment to purity and being a company with a conscience. I truly feel this is a beautiful fit with my mission to serve and support women in every season of their life, beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. I'm also doing this for my overall well-being and want to share my journey with you as I rediscover the benefits of essential oils. Contact me to get started on your journey. My email is cindy at cynthiamacmillan.com. Thank you.